What's up, guys, and welcome to Thinking Critically. I am your host, Jonathan Maloney. I also happen to be the founder and principal content creator for Intelligent Speculation. You may be familiar with it. I decided to start this series because I wanted to connect with you a little bit more and help you to better understand the material. So first off, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into who am I? Why should you even listen to me? Yeah, so I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm going to be honest with you. I love science. I always have. From when I was a little kid, I couldn't get a hold of enough either science programs or science books to just dive into and devour. Uh, so, when I just, so when I went to college, I decided that I was, well, duh, I was going to study science. And I ended up in geology. So geology is a science of basically planetary processes. And I was super curious about the planet, and I wanted to know how everything worked. So I did four years of that, graduated, and then I went off into graduate school to get a master's degree. So I went, off, I went off into graduate school studying geology, and I went into an area of geology called geophysics. And with geophysics, it's an amalgamate of geology with physics, because I was also happened to be a bit of a physics nerd and really enjoyed the subject. Uh, and with this, uh, you primarily learn how to map the surface below. Uh, what I mean that by that is how exactly do you know what is going on below the Earth's surface? And we have a number of techniques and that, um, that I learned that we have available. But I quickly learned that my only options after I graduated, unless I was to stay in academics, was to work in oil and gas. And I had become and always really had been a bit of an environmentalist. And I didn't really want to go work in oil and gas because, well, let's face it. Fossil fuels are a bit of a problem, and we need to move away from them because we have something called global warming. Anyway, I decided that I was going to switch. So I switched my, after my first year of graduate school from geology over to physics, and it was huge. It was like night and day as far as difficulty goes. Uh, the physics was far more technical than anything that I'd ever been exposed to before, but I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. So I did approximately three years in graduate school to finish that degree because I had done no undergraduate in physics, so I had to kind of make up for all of that as well as do graduate coursework in physics and produce a master's thesis. So it took me a little bit longer than uh, your average student would. Normally it's two years, but it took me three because I didn't have the background. So I finished off with uh, a bachelor's degree in geology and then a master's degree in physics. Then I decided to leave school and I was working out in the real world for a couple years, not being terribly satisfied with what I was doing, working in a family business. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back. So I decided that I was going to study something in renewable energy. And where I, what I ended up at was nuclear fusion. So unlike fission, our current nuclear power plants, where you have a really big atom and you break it apart, and every time you break it apart, you get energy out, fusion is actually the exact opposite. So you take really, really small atoms, in this case hydrogen, so that's the smallest atoms that we have available, and you smush them together and you make helium. And in the process, you get energy out. So the sun comes up every day. This is the exact same process that powers this star, our sun, and every other star in the universe is nuclear fusion. However, it's really, really hard to do it here on Earth. The sun, it's gigantic. It is massive. It is so big compared to, other, um, compared to our own planet, even Jupiter, that it has gravity on its side. So at the core of the sun, you have this intense pressure smushing down on everything. And this intense pressure, along with the really, really high heat caused by it, causes these hydrogen atoms to fuse together. And you actually confuse 
Helium Adam. Hey guys, welcome to Thinking Critically with Jonathan Maloney. I don't know, that's, uh, I guess that's my best Helium voice, along with a few other heavier elements to make eventually the heaviest element that you can make in stars, which is iron. Anyway, I'm digressing, but I really, really wanted to study this because it's essentially the holy grail of energy. If we're able to control this type of energy here on planet Earth, we won't have any, any energy needs ever again. Problem is, like I said, still experimental. So currently in Southern France, they're building the largest fusion reactor in the entire world. It goes by the acronym ITER, I-T-E-R. And I had decided that I was gonna go and work on that project. So before I moved off and shipped off to France, uh, bien sûr, je parle français, uh, j'aime du fromage et du vin. <laughs> I went back to school for one semester and decided that I, if I was going to do theoretical work, which is what I'm more passionate about versus experimental, that I was going to need a degree on my resume in math. Because I had taken so many math courses before I graduated with my master's degree, I only needed to take three more. So I went back for a semester and finished off my bachelor's in applied math. Then I shipped off to France. I was there for approximately seven months, and I hated it. I, I just didn't fit in. I knew the language a little bit. By the time I was getting ready to leave, I was more or less fluent. But it just didn't work out for me. I spent seven months in France, and the entire time was not all bad, but just mostly bad. Unfortunately, it was a complete disaster, and I needed to come home because uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I moved back home, didn't have a whole lot of money, kind of devastated by like what, what it is that I'm going to do now with my life. So again, I was working in the family business and eventually I had the opportunity to start a business of my own. And it was in the area of health and wellness, which is something I'm also passionate about, but it's not my primary passion. So I spent a number of years working on that. And unfortunately, at one point, I had to walk away from that business due to irreconcilable differences with my business partner. These things happen. And even further disappointingly is that the business did not survive, even after I had to walk away. Um, because I had really believed in it, and I had poured my heart and soul into it. I put together a great team, met a bunch of wonderful people, and I had to walk away. And at that point, too, my life seemed to just completely unravel within six months. I was kind of managing two separate businesses, a partner in one, kind of a partner in both, and it just all came crumbling down. So I had to make a decision. What was I going to do? It was the first time in my life where I was kind of building from scratch as an adult. I mean, that's, it's kind of a scary proposition. So, of course, I still have this passion for science. I, I absolutely love science, and I, I really love to communicate it. So at that point, I decided, you know what? I for sure need to finish my PhD. I had already tried once when I was in France, and I had dropped out because of the conditions were just, just not to my liking. So I was like, I'm going to go back. So I decided to go back to my alma mater and get a PhD, and I'm still working on it. So I'm, uh, I'm approximately two and a half years into it. It'd probably take me another two years or so, but I couldn't be happier. So my PhD is in physics. It's not nuclear fusion. Uh, it's in high energy theory, uh, which is a subset of physics where I essentially s study fundamental particle interactions. I use a branch of physics known as quantum field theory. So we have quantum mechanics on one side, which is the physics of the very small. And then we have 
special relativity on the other side, which is the physics of things moving close to the speed of light. Quantum, quantum field theory is I'm going to take quantum mechanics, I'm going to take special relativity, and then I'm going to smush them together and make a new branch of physics known as quantum field theory. Uh, it's very mathematically challenging, very abstract, but the easiest way for me to describe it to you is that think of very, very small things moving very, very fast or close to the speed of light. And essentially, this is the essence of what quantum field theory is. In the process, because of course I said that I love science, I also happen to notice that people, and this is not something that was a recent notion, but I, for a number of years, that people had a really, have a really hard time with science or even discerning fact from fiction. So people have access to all of this information via their phones. And by the way, the phone actually has, the average smartphone, has more computing power than all of NASA's computers combined for Apollo 11, the first mission to the moon. So it's remarkable what we take for granted these days. So people have access to all of this information. And I was like, I need to help people to better understand how to discern fact from fiction. So I looked to science. And through this, intelligent speculation was born. And this platform is, has a goal of to teach people how to better, not only better understand science, but to better understand the thinking skills, the critical thinking tools, if you will, that scientists use on a daily basis to discern fact from fiction or learn truths about the world. And yeah, that's why I created it. I also need to come clean a little bit. So while I'm a huge fan of science, for a brief period, maybe not maybe not that brief, but for a good like three or four years, if maybe a little bit longer, I personally had irrational fears surrounding vaccines as well as genetically modified foods. And much of this stems from my upbringing because I have a parent who also believes this. And I wanted to not admit to myself completely that my parent was wrong and look more into it myself. And for a long time, I kind of believed these things. And I always found myself coming up short. I couldn't find the appropriate evidence to support my position. And the rest of the scientific community didn't agree with me. Uh, we have what's known as a scientific consensus, which is a very strong statement surrounding evidence coming from the scientific community on these things. And we have a scientific consensus that says that vaccines are perfectly safe. And we also have a scientific consensus saying that GMOs are perfectly safe for human consumption as well. But I was counter to this. I was being arrogant. And somehow I thought that I was smarter than all of these other scientists. Well, eventually I learned my lesson. Anyway, that is part of this story too. Because I had fallen victim to a lot of the predatory marketing, predatory um, ideologues or charlatans that you find out there these days, people who say that you need to be concerned about these things when in essence you don't need to be because they've been thoroughly studied and we have decades of evidence and the work of thousands of scientists coming from the scientific community that says that these uh, vaccines as well as GMOs are perfectly safe for you. So I want to, I mean, I can, I can sympathize or empathize with people who find themselves in these positions, and I want to reach these people and help them to better understand why these positions are flawed. So again, that goes into intelligent speculation.
So with better thinking, it's going to lead to better decisions, which should lead to better life outcomes. The ultimate goal of this platform is to improve your life because there is just so much room for improvement from what I've seen. And I'm a work in progress, and together I believe that we can improve our lives and hopefully make society a little bit better at the end of the day. So moving forward, you can expect a lot more video and audio content. I've had requests from various uh, people who follow that saying that I prefer consuming it this way. So I'm going to give it to you. Not only will you get the articles, but I'm also going to be producing video along with audio content. So that way you can better understand it. Or if you prefer to consume your material in other mediums, uh, you won't just have to read it anymore. Now, what are we going to be talking about? So moving forward, I'm going to dig deeper into what it means to be a critical thinker. So next episode, I'm going to go through. So actually, the plan is for the, the next four episodes is I'm going to do a recap or not so much a recap, but dig deeper into my very first four articles that were ever written. And the reason is, is because these are the foundations from which everything else is built. I'm going to go through the laws of critical thinking, which are my foundations or axioms for everything that is done. And then I'll go into uh, a little bit deeper into an argument, how you structure it, what is a good argument, what is a bad argument. Because people, I mean, there is a very specific definition of argument from philosophy. If I were to go around and ask people in a room, though, what is an argument, people wouldn't really know because you're not taught this in school. Uh, at least my public, uh, public schooling didn't teach me these things. I mean, you learn basic mathematical logic, you know, two plus two is equal to four, two times two is equal to four, two times three is equal to six, things of this nature. And if I went around a room, everybody should know these things. However, when it comes to logic, people, they're not, they're not taught it. They, they wouldn't know. So we're going to go into an argument, the uh, strict philosophical definition of what an argument is and why it's so important to understand this. And even more importantly, how do you structure a good argument? What are logical fallacies? What are cognitive biases? All of these will help you to be a better thinker, to think more like a scientist, think critically. Thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of Thinking Critically. Again, I'm your host, Jonathan Maloney. And remember that together we can help the world think better. So stay tuned for some more content. Thinking Critically was brought to you by Grips Visual Marketing. They helped me to bring this podcast to life um, when it was just an idea. So that being said, if you're wanting to do a podcast and a need, don't exactly know where to get started, or perhaps you need some video services, make sure to check them out. You can find their information in the show notes.